the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Sean Azaro, and you are listening to Reaching for Real Life. I'm actually reaching for my sweet tea, Pastor Sean. Can you pass it over here? <laughs> we found the yes, mother load. You, you know what's great about being out at the, uh, the Real Life Amphitheater mm. is that it's fully stocked. <laughs> you know, I wish people would put their names on things when they leave it in the refrigerator. It's their own fault. Yeah, well, I wish they'd put their names so I know who to thank. <laughs> I loved, how did you say, we walked past uh, this little cart and there was a backpack on it and you said. <laughs> Whose did this used to be? <laughs> exactly. I was kidding. <laughs> hey, it is Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro, Baron Wiley here. And uh, that, was, that music ended nicely. Right it did. No, the timing was just right. I lo- and I love the way you did that. That's wow. You're an engineer. No, I am not. Uh, but uh, anyway, we're here at the Reaching for Real Life uh, Amphitheater here. Hey, a lot of big events coming up. Oh, yeah. Can we tease that real quick? Again? Sure, of course, yeah. You're expecting thousands of people to come out for Lecrae, right? Yes, yes. They're actually uh, probably a little over a couple thousand. You know, yeah. we hope if we can get to 2,500 on that concert, I think for Lecrae, that would be a really good event. It should be beautiful. It's March 19th. Um, should be a great evening. If you haven't gotten your tickets, go get your tickets. You can go to reallifeamp.com and uh, find Find out information, get a ticket link. All right, very good. Spring is in the air, Pastor Sean. Spring is in the air. Did you have a nice birthday officially? Oh, I did. It was fun. We had a good time. A good, good time. Went out to dinner with the fam and some friends. Yeah. And uh, Lori and I stayed downtown by the river, uh, which had none years. La Mansion. I got to tell you, I love that hotel. Oh, good. I love that hotel because they have updated but kept the original decor which i absolutely love it's that you know spanish Flavor, feel yeah. yeah it's just beautiful but everything is new and really nice and i, I just we really enjoyed it it was great Did you enjoy your 12 dollar bottle of water <laughs> we brought our own exactly. <laughs> the convenience store didn't charge near that much well that's nice and a nice dinner can you say where you went uh, we went to uh, Boudreaux's on the Riverwalk. Oh, I didn't we, know they were back open again. Oh, yeah. we It was excellent. They Lo- shut it down. Love that COVID place. Thing. I haven't been back down well, since. They're back. They're back. And they, they, they were packed in there. Good. There were a bunch of us. Did you get the uh, the uh, guacamole uh, special? Yes, lunch? of course. Yes, yeah, I did. You, you really know what you do. <laughs> you're not just blowing smoke if here. If you're going to San Antonio down the Riverwalk and you go to Boudreaux's, that's the thing. I, I didn't know that. But they told me, and so we're like, sure, and it was excellent. Yeah. They made it right there at the table. It was outstanding. Very good. Good. Well, again, happy birthday to you and your uh, Hey, it was great. Future. It was great. And now birthday's over because now I'm young again. <laughs> I was 60 last week, but now yeah. I'm just me, youthful me. That's right. It's right? I, In fact, next year on my birthday, I'm going 59. Going backwards. <laughs> Go, <laughs> Benjamin Button. <laughs> Very nice. Hey, well, Pastor Sean, a lot of things in the news. We like to talk about current events, and and what this whole thing is about is just the Christian perspective uh, on that. How do we look at that? And right, I don't know if you've heard, right. but well, that's the definition of rumors, uh, wars, and rumors of wars, Pastor yeah. Sean. And yeah. obviously, we've been watching what's going on in the world with Ukraine, how the United States is handling it, and how the rest of the world is handling it. Right. And, uh, I mean, just on the surface, Pastor Sean. I mean, who knows what tomorrow holds? Yeah, this is uh, obviously it's everywhere. We're all seeing it. We're all watching, you know, the news. We're seeing the same stories every day. And it's alarming because for 
the millennials who grew up, you know, in, in the United States, they didn't have that mm-hmm. before them. You know, the the Iraq War is the last kind of thing, and they were pretty young during that. And it's, uh, you know, we had Afghanistan, but for most of their conscious awareness, that was more of just we were there, nation building. Uh, so this is a this is a whole different thing. And this, what's unique about this, obviously. You know, under George W. Bush, the there was nine eleven and mm-hmm. Afghanistan, and then even Iraq were kind of all tied in responses, um, and so it, it was very much seen from our perception as a response. This is just simply Russia saying, "Yeah, Ukraine doesn't exist." <laughs> yeah, this is actually, and again, as you mentioned, the millennials, we're watching this war in real time on YouTube, right? Which we didn't do before, right? No, this is a very different experience, and the responses from around the world are interesting. You know, a lot of people are recognizing that China's watching this because China's saying the same kind of things about Taiwan. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's just the the political nature of things are a little bit murky because, you know, it's just kind of it's like, wait a minute, Russia's being imperial <laughs> in this regard. They're just kind of taking over Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, how do people feel about that? versus you know just what they've been taught and it's just a very interesting kind of perception piece for people and uh we've obviously had the you know you made reference to the wars and rumors of war that's from matthew 24 i've had people mention that to me and ask the questions well you know boy this is kind of scary are these the end times i was gonna ask you the same thing pastor yeah you know whenever there's an outbreak of war they they go to that passage. This is Matthew twenty four, and they go to that passage where Jesus is talking about end time things, and he mentions that there will be wars and rumors of war. And whenever this happens, people understand. We go, is this it? Is this the time? I, I think that sometimes misunderstands what Jesus is saying in Matthew twenty four and the way he's saying it. Okay, understand in Matthew twenty four. Jesus is going, and he. And his disciples are leaving the temple and they point out the buildings of the temple. And he says, I'm telling you, there's not one stone going to be left that won't be thrown down of all this. And we're told in Matthew 24, verse three, he sat down on the Mount of Olives. Disciples came to him and said, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? Understand those are two questions. We treat it like it's one. Ah. If we understand that they are answers to two separate questions, because the when will these things be? What things? Well, what you said about the temple, every stone will be thrown down. Well, we know when that happened. That Mm -hmm. happened at 70 AD. So understand many of the things that Jesus is talking about in this passage happened within their lifetime. Other things didn't. And, you know, discerning what those are and what those aren't, that's a that's another matter. But people look at this, and I think they get wrapped around the wheel in, in the wrong kind of way. Jesus makes a statement. See that no one leads you astray. This is Matthew 24, 4. First thing he says answering this question. Jesus answered him. See that no one leads you astray. That's the beginning of the conversation. Did they have TV preachers back then? <laughs> they had, there have, every generation has had its form. Mm-hmm. of people trying to lead people astray. And, but never like our generation right now where the internet's there. Mm. And there's so many different ways to be led astray. Yeah. We have such, we have a plethora of ways <laughs> to be led astray. What is a plethora? <laughs> <laughs> El guapo. <laughs> Would you say I have a plethora? <laughs> uh, wow, we're talking serious stuff, no, Baron. Bible prophecy, that's right. But, but <laughs> the three horses. you know, there's so many different ways to be led the three horsemen. Stop. Okay. Stop. Okay. Thank you. We're working here. That's right. So many different ways to be led astray because we have the internet. We have all these different things and and we are. 
It's crazy. First thing Jesus says is, see that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name saying, I'm the Christ. You'll hear of wars and rumors of war. That's verse five. You'll hear wars and rumors of war. And then listen to the next phrase. See that you are not alarmed. For this must take place, but the end is not yet. And then he goes on and says, for nation will rise against nation. Kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. He talks about then they'll deliver you to tribulation, put you to death. You'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Then many will fall away and betray one another, hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and lead many astray because lawlessness will be increased. The love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Mm. And the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to the nations. Then the end will come. Understand, Jesus says, don't be led astray. There's wars and rumors of war. See that you're not alarmed. We do the exact opposite. Yeah. We get led astray, and we, are, we are immediately panic. Right. And I, I, I want us to understand that many of the things that Jesus talks about here happened in their lifetime and happened by 70 AD. And they did have to flee. It was destroyed. And that was a horrible, unthinkable incident in their lives. But I believe that Jesus intentionally laid this out so that every single generation would live with this sense of, oh my gosh, it could be any day. His coming could be any day. Now, when people ask me, do you think the Lord's coming soon? Yeah, I think the Lord's coming soon. You know, I told you before, I think, uh, I, I told our entire congregation one time, I said, I've been doing some study, Lord's revealed some things in prayer, I absolutely believe the Lord will be coming for us within the next 75 years, and I believe I can prove that. And all the uh, flutter, the Bible pages start turning, the glasses come out. Wait a minute. <clears throat> you can tell the people who are all <laughs> over it, and I'm like, yeah, because we're all adults and we'll be dead in we'll the next, <laughs> within yeah, 75 years. <laughs> well, of course, yeah. You know, but I mean, we get... Uh, that, that's the thing. The whole point is Jesus is saying, do not get too comfortable. This is temporary. Right. And the truth is we're not guaranteed tomorrow, Baron. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. We act as though life here just is going to go on forever. And Jesus made crystal clear it's not. And whether he comes by the rapture of the church, which the scripture definitely talks about, whether he comes by the rapture of the church and his second coming, or whether I die from sickness or I die from a car accident or whatever because we're all going to die, and we are going to go and be with him, right. those of us who have trusted him and are followers of Jesus Christ. So are there wars? Yep. Every generation would read this and go, oh, you think it's now? Yep. This isn't home. This isn't forever. And again, you have to, you have to sit and go, is he talking about them? Is this the answer to the first question? When will these things be? Mm-hmm. Or the second, what will be the signs of the end of your coming? Because he answers both questions. But he doesn't necessarily clarify so that they can be, you know, have their categories and have their, note, their prophetic notebooks for their study that weekend, <laughs> right? You know, and I, I just think you have to, as you look through the different things that's being said, mm-hmm. you, you have to listen and you have to discern, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, he shares all these different things that are going to happen. Some that I think are related to the fall of Jer- Jerusalem in 70 AD. Some are related to uh, his ultimate wrapping up of all things and the second coming of, of Christ. And a new heaven and a new earth. New heaven, new earth, the whole thing. But down in verse 32, he says this. Mm. He says, from the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branches become tender and put out its leaves, you know the summer is near. 
So also when you see all these things, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Now that this generation thing, what does that remind you of? Well, it reminds me of all the, the 1988 math people did when Israel became a nation in 1948. Right. And said, oh, not a generation shall pass. Generations, how many years? 40 years, because they wandered around the desert for 40 years. It's that right. perfect number, yada, yada. So 1988, we're, the rapture's coming. And then, mm, mm, it was so good. Remember that? Were you left? <laughs> <laughs> I wish we'd all been ready. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those things where in 1948, Israel became a nation. You're like, well, but this didn't say anything about Israel becoming a nation. Oh, yes, oh, it, it did. Is, yeah, so didn't you, didn't yeah. you see it? The yeah. fig tree. Black and white. From the fig tree, learn its lessons. As soon as the branches become tender and put out its leaves, you know the summer is near. Again, there are people who want to read certain things and they try to make this a symbolic representation. Well, in the Old Testament, Israel was sometimes referred to as the fig tree. So, ah, this is a reference when the fig tree, as soon as it's become, its branches become tender and puts out leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things, you know the end is near and that, that generation will not pass away until uh, all these things take place. And it's like people have said, yep, when Israel became a nation in 1948, that generation will not pass until all these things take place. And so when 1988 came by and a, a kind of a 40-year generation passed, some people said, well, everyone who was alive or everyone who was born in that year. Oh, okay. That everyone who was born, yeah, exactly. It, it adapted. Because, and what... I mean, again, I've had some pretty difficult conversations with people going, you know, it never says anything about that at all. Mm -hmm. Let's take a more plain reading of it. What if Jesus is actually talking about a fig tree (laughs) and says, you look at the fig tree and when you all of a sudden see little sprouts and buds, you know, summer's getting close. In the same way, when you see all these things happen, you'll know that the end is near. Maybe that's what he's saying. Maybe he's saying exactly what he said. Mm. And, And when you stop and think about that, he's teaching them, keep your eyes open. Be looking and know that I am coming. That's good. And just pay attention. But we try to build this in. And I, I just, if you're here and maybe you've been under teaching, you've heard that, that the Bible says when Israel becomes a nation, that generation will not pass before he comes. Just know it never says that. It doesn't say that. This is the passage. And, it, and it, it depends on you saying definitively, oh, that fig tree is meaning when Israel becomes a nation. Again, when Jesus actually said it, Israel was a nation. He will, he will one day, within our lifetime, come for every one of us, by definition. Right. Right? So it, when, when you understand that and you start going, oh, yes, he's going to come. Yes, I believe the scripture teaches about the rapture of the church and the second coming of Christ. Whether that's in the next 10 years, 20 years, I don't know. Jesus said no one knows the hour. Mm-hmm. Father's the only one who knows. But he was teaching us to be ready, to pay attention to see the the signs of the groanings of the world as it it moves towards its ultimate you know ultimate end yeah earthquakes tsunamis etc checking the boxes of everything that Jesus listed there but one jumped out at me pastor Sean besides wars and rumors of wars and uh, earthquakes and the and the earth groaning and that was lawlessness which was never one of those mm. things that I you know kind of glossed over right. but in this last couple of years though playing the devil's advocate or the christian advocate uh, lawlessness is a thing now. Yeah, yeah. And and it really is. Now, understand, everything we look at, we're looking at through our perspective. Mm-hmm. We are American Christians. and, and we, That's true. We have been raised in a different universe. 
you, you, you need to understand, and, and we were talking about this in our staff prayer this morning. Lori and I just finished reading 1 Corinthians in our daily Bible reading as, as one of the one of the places we're reading from. You look at the Corinthian church and what Paul's writing, some of the things they did, and you're like, what were these people thinking? What was the matter with them? How could they live like this and call themselves Christians? Because they were. He calls them saints. He calls them brothers and sisters. But yet this stuff is a part of their lives. And you have to stop and understand, we grew up in America where, particularly for you and I, Baron, okay, younger people might not feel this way, and I think they have a point. You and I grew up in, in an America where even if people weren't Christians, Certain biblical kind of frameworks shaped our morality. You know, it was not right to lie to people. It was not right to steal. Sleeping around, even if you weren't a believer, you you knew I probably shouldn't be doing this. This isn't good or right or with a way to treat people. It isn't healthy. Being a being an alcoholic, being a drunk, you know, you knew this isn't good healthy behavior. It doesn't mean nobody did it, but there was this sense of, and it had been shaped kind of by a biblical morality. So when someone did become a believer. They already had certain assumptions and certain habits that were like, okay, they were they pointed towards healthy biblical living or, or at least moral living. Imagine being a Corinthian Christian where all of a sudden you're, you're, you become a follower of Jesus. You trust him. You are grateful for him. You're filled with the spirit. But every habit in your life is just backwards and wrong because you weren't raised with those. Your sexual ethics were completely different. Your moral ethics, the, the culture around you was completely different. Everything had to be retrained. You know, we, I think we sometimes take for granted the culture we grew up in, and we, we don't understand how much that, that kind of led into who we are and where we are today. Hey, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro, and uh, as we're talking about the end times, I'm not done with you yet, Pastor Sean. It's not the end of this program. <laughs> Pastor Sean, I still want to get back to this whole idea of, of lawlessness. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're right, because my, my point was this simple thought that lawlessness has been a part of each generation, and different places around the world, lawlessness was rampant, and we are feeling it in a different way here in the United States now. For those of us, particularly those of us who are, who are Christians and kind of our worldview helps shape the norm, um, we're now seeing that be broken down and it feels harsh. It feels like all of a sudden lawlessness is new and different. You got to understand it's not for other places in the world, for other places in history. It's not. And it, it's not for here. We've always had lawlessness, but it, you're right. It is now coming out into the open mm-hmm. and it is we are as a nation as a culture, shaking off the restraints of biblical morality. Even if we weren't, as a nation, majority-wise serious Christ followers, we had this morality that was rooted in a biblical framework that is being cast off. And that's, that's hard to see because we see, all, we see the, the ramifications of it. We see the, you know, we're in the midst of the abortion fight again. Right. We see families that are torn apart and broken. We see the, the whole conversation about gender identity. And you're just like watching someone who, for, for just because of different reasons, has embraced this, this doubt about their own identity and now are living something that's completely different, and it's so obvious that they're not living who they were made to be. And it's just a, it's a sad state that we find ourselves in. And as followers of Christ, our heart longs for righteousness, for rightness. All right, so Pastor Sean, again, as we like to do on this program here, from the Christian perspective, 
again, here in America, this war going on across you know, the ocean uh, in Europe. What, what, what are we to do? And right. then how do I know that oh, if, if and when I get hit by an ice cream truck, uh, that I'm going to, you know, that my eternity is secure. Right. Well, first of all, it's interesting you chose an ice cream truck that you <laughs> well, would be. <laughs> that's the way I want to go. <laughs> God bless you, Baron. Okay, when you talk about what we're seeing in the news, what we're listening to, and the fear that is, you know, around us, the, the, the vision and all the stuff that happens. Jesus said, you'll hear wars and rumors of wars. See to it that you are not alarmed. See that you are not alarmed is what he says in Matthew 24. Right away, recognize, wait a minute, God's still on the throne. Right. God's still on the throne. We have the power of prayer. I, I strongly recommend you pray for Ukraine. You spend time praying. You pray for God to do miraculous things. In fact, we heard back from someone uh, who's a believer on the ground in Ukraine, and they said there are some strange things happening, They're just the strange things that seem to be going poorly for the Russian military, plans being thwarted, soldiers being misdirected, misguided, and lost. And it, there's just stuff happening that this believer attributes to the power of prayer. And their admonition, their request for us from us was keep praying, keep praying. So prayer is powerful. I told our congregation this last week, and we are never um, helpless victims. We are never just bystanders when we have the power of prayer. So be praying and do not be alarmed. Jesus also said multiple times in the opening part of Matthew 24, don't be led astray. Don't be led astray. Don't let someone say, oh, this means this, this means this, when it doesn't necessarily mean that. Be listening for the voice of the Lord. Follow Jesus. Hear him. Uh, respond in prayer. Um, you know, one of the things I encouraged our congregation to do this Sunday, uh, if you want to do something more tangible, all right, uh, as the body of Christ, you know, uh, we are that city on the hill. We're the salt of the earth, Jesus said. Um, one of the ways that we can do that is to show tangible, practical love. And I encouraged our congregation to go to SamaritansPurse.org, great organization, um, who we've worked with on multiple different projects. Great organization, great integrity. We've hosted the Franklin Graham Crusade yes. here on our property. They were above reproach, impeccable in their integrity and in their respect for us and our wishes. We specifically said, hey, we, we don't really want a, this to be a political event. If it's going to be a political event, we're probably not the best place to host. They were so respectful. They so honored that and made it about prayer and the gospel I just, Franklin Graham, I met with him personally, and, you know, here's a pretty accomplished guy. A little bit. <laughs> right? Uh, he was so humble and so respectful, and he came to me. Now, we had talked to his front people, his advanced people. He came and just assured me that he heard that and he was going to honor that wow. and, and res understood and respected our position and did it flawlessly. You know, it was great. And so I have high regard for Samaritan's Purse. They already have advanced people in Poland. They have advanced people uh, in Romania at preparing mm -hmm. for relief work in, uh, in Ukraine. Um, they've got their hospital setups there. They're, they're just getting ready. So I just think you want a starter to how to support the people of Ukraine and support some relief work and refugees in this war would be to start with Samaritan's Purse. Excellent. Samaritan's Purse.org, at the top of their first page, their homepage, is Ukraine support. And again, Pastor Sean, if I don't know where eternity is for me? 
Yeah, and I think that's the key to this whole thing. Mm-hmm. The key to this whole thing, because Jesus said, he said, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And what he's talking about is the one who stays with him, who is connected to Jesus. You know, we believe that we are saved by faith, we are kept by faith in him. And and I just really believe that if you want to be that person who is solid and is strong, you know, there's so many people who are, and even in the church who are flighty and they're, and this happens and now they're on this tangent and this happens and they're, they're following this teacher or this theory. Um, we're to be people who are solid, grounded, you know, like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, Psalm 1 tells us. And that comes from giving your life to Jesus. Uh, you know, the scripture says that uh, the wages of sin is death. We all are sinners and sin creates a death penalty, but Jesus died on the cross to pay that penalty for our sins. He gave his life so that we could be set free, so we could be filled with the spirit and we could live the life we were created for and we could live it eternally. And so the short answer is how do I make sure that I'm in that place? I go to Jesus and I confess my need and I repent and I invite him to come into my life and lead me. And he does according to the scripture, give your heart to Jesus, trust him, Follow him, and uh, he will lead you in the path that you were created to walk in. Pastor Sean, would you pray for us? Sure. Lord, thank you that we don't have to be afraid. Thank you that we don't have to um, panic or wonder if our life and our world is in good hands, Lord. It is in your hands. I know there are evil things that happen. There are evil people. And I pray right now for the people of Ukraine. I pray for the families there. I pray for the people, the church in Ukraine. I just ask, Lord, that you would do miracles. Lord, I pray for the Russians who are wondering why in the world their government is leading in this and who are protesting. I just pray. I pray for peace. I pray for peace in that region. And Lord, I pray for anyone listening right now who's just feeling disconcerted and, and fearful and bothered. I pray that you would bring peace. I pray that you bring peace in our heart and that we would trust you and realize, Lord, we don't have to be afraid and not to be led astray. We don't have to be alarmed because you're on the throne and you're good. We trust you. We love you. Thank you for this time. And I just pray that we'd be encouraged as we keep our eyes on you. In Jesus name. Amen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 